earlier in the year, actually toward the end of last year, the Lord put a few words in my heart for the people of our church, simple words. And the words were simply this, it's coming back. And I want to encourage you today with maybe what the devil's tried to rob from you, the devil's tried to steal from you, and sow faith into your heart to believe it's coming back. Every person here was born the same. Every one of you was born naked. You had no pockets, you had nothing. You never paid a bill. You never paid a day's rent. You never earned a cent. You really, all you had done is arrived and maybe burped and ate and pooed. That's all you had done. And from that moment on, for every individual in life, life is a journey. For some people, it's just a wander. They just wander aimlessly through life. I think there's a lot of people like that in any big, big metropolitan city, urban area like Berlin. People just wandering through life, and we pray. They may get a sense of the purpose of God in their life. Because with a sense of the purpose of God in our life, suddenly we start living with a sense of destiny, with a sense of purpose. And instead of just being a wander, an aimless wander through life, Life becomes a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage literally is to a destination. That's what happened with God's people in the Old Testament. From Babylon, God was taking them on a pilgrimage towards the promised land, just like it happened in Exodus all those hundreds of years before. And there's a huge difference between aimlessly wandering through life and living your life with a sense of purpose and living with pilgrimage. Psalm 84 verse 5 says, blessed is the person whose heart is set on pilgrimage. It says, they are still praising him. It says, their strength is in him. I believe this is a church, not just wandering aimlessly towards fate or whatever it is that, you know, is out there. There's a church with a sense of purpose. There's a sense, a church with a sense of pilgrimage. You know, it started just 10 years ago, like a baby church just a tiny house group. And yet, you look today, and even now, it's only just first step, first decade into a greater journey. But I thank God, every time I talk to your pastors, every time I talk to the team here, I get a sense of people who really are not just about just plain church. You know, they're really about seeing people contact the power of God in their lives and then live with that sense of purpose that only God can bring. So there's a baby born in the Old Testament. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. His name was Jabez. And about Jabez, the Bible says he was a better man than his brothers. It doesn't necessarily mean better looking or smarter. What does it mean? It means he was a man of honor. His mother had named him Jabez. And listen to what it meant. Oh, the pain. Saying a painful birth, I bore him in great pain. Listen to me, friends. Great things are born in pain. We're thankful for what God has done, but I'm going to tell you there's been some pain and some sacrifice along the way. Great things are born in pain. And so Jabez prayed to the God of Israel. Listen to what he said. He said, bless me. Oh, bless me. Give me land, large tracts of land. And provide your personal protection. 
Don't let evil hurt me. And what happened? God gave him what he asked, the Bible says. And the Amplified, it says that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my border. Literally enlarge my property. You know, it's a funny thing because I've never heard anyone criticize Jabez for praying that prayer. He was saying, God, give me land, large tracts of land in the message paraphrased version. I mean, that's a prayer that if I encouraged you to pray a prayer like that, some people would criticize you and they'd criticize me. Some people would say, you can't pray prayers like that. Hey, God, to give you land, large tracts of land. Man, that's my prayer for Hillsong Berlin. That's my prayer for the people of Hillsong Berlin. That God will literally fulfill His purpose and fulfill His word in your life. And so I love the fact that Jabez was a man of honor. There's something about people who know the beauty and the power of honor. That's something I see in Mark and Joyce. That's something I see in the team here. People who understand the power of honor. And honor always starts in our attitude toward God. If we honor the Lord with our lives, we honor the Lord in every area of our lives. If when it comes to building church and reaching people, it's all about honoring God, give glory to God, then I believe you can have an expectation that God will answer prayer in your life, that you will see supernatural, miraculous turnaround. You will see God working in ways you could never, ever have imagined. And I've got faith and expectation that truly for Hillsong Berlin, that God is going to supernaturally open doors you never imagined He could have opened as long as we keep it about Him and we just keep honoring God. It's not all about Hillsong. Thank God for what He's done and is doing in our church with all of the various aspects of church life, but ultimately it's about Him. And if we keep it about Him, you watch how we'll see God working and God building His purpose into our lives. You know, honor always starts with the attitude to God. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, the scripture says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I don't know, there's a lot of younger people here, whether you've got any barns or you've got any vats. But what I do know is really it's just a metaphor for all good things. All the things that God, I believe, can bring into people's lives. See, just like in Israel, there was no actual milk and honey everywhere. It's called a land of milk and honey, but you don't go to Israel and see milk and honey everywhere. It's a metaphor for every good thing. And I want to encourage you to believe for God's goodness in your life. To have an expectation and be unapologetic for believing to see God's blessing in your life and God's blessing in our church here in Berlin. And if you're visiting with us, you're from perhaps another church, your church as well. So, hey, you're very quiet. Everyone good? Everyone okay? It's not a good time to be German right now. You've got to... Sprechen Sie Deutsch? That's it. That's it as far as it goes. <laughs> well, listen to me. It doesn't matter which way in life you give to God. And I'm thinking specifically about what people have sown in here and what people have given. And just people's generosity, not just in finances, but with their time and with their commitment. And you know that 
early little connect group that you hear about. Those people, they, 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 they sowed in. They, they've been committed and connected. And from what I see, that spirit has continued to mark Hillsong Berlin. And you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And the truth is, no matter what type of giving you look at, the Bible will teach you it's coming back. In Luke 6, 38, it talks about giving. It says, given, it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running out all over. Will I add into your life? Will I add into your bosom? You see, it's a promise. Some people say, yeah, but that's talking about judgment. It starts by talking about judgment. It says, if you judge, you're going to be judged. Pressed down, shaken together, running out. It talks about condemnation. If you condemn, you're going to live condemned. But then it talks about forgiveness. It says, if you forgive, that's what's coming back to you. Pressed down, chugging together, running out all over. Then it gives an eternal principle. And the eternal principle is, if you give, it'll be given back to you. It's coming back. Pressed down, chugging together, running out all over. Will I add into your bosom? So if you give to God, you honor Him by giving. It's coming back. If you honor Him by sowing, so many promises in the Bible for those who sow. It is Genesis 8 verse 22 that talks about things that are eternal. And what are they? They are while the earth remains. While the earth remains. Seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Winter and summer. And day and night shall not cease. As long as the earth is here. There's certain things we can expect. One of those things is seed time and harvest. You see, if you sow in life, you sow and in your vest, you don't just make life about yourself. You do so with your generosity of words. You do so with your encouragement. You do so with your beautiful spirit. You do so when it comes to your time and your volunteering. You do so when it comes to the thing that God puts in your hand. You decide you can honor the Lord with the first fruits in your life. And if you sow, the Bible says you shall reap. And it's a principle, an eternal principle. You just can't get away from it. You can't. You can't get away. No farmer ever sowed a field after all the hard work of plowing the ground no farmer ever sowed a field and thought I don't want anything back I just wanted to bless the field <laughs> they sow for a harvest absolutely so if you give it's coming back if you sow it's coming if you help the poor and you give to the poor the Bible teaches it's coming back listen to Proverbs 19 verse 17 where it says, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. That's what the Bible says. My German is almost fluent. <laughs> it's coming back. And of course, if you tithe, you know Malachi 3 verse 10, to so bring all the tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. And see if I'll not. It's almost a dare. I dare you. See if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing. There'll not be room enough to receive it. You know, there's something powerful about putting God first in your life. But not even just putting God first in your life. You see, 
The scripture says, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. It's coming back. Seeking God first and putting God first are not the same thing. The Greek word for seeking God first, it literally means is to be hungry for God, to thirst for long for God, for it to be all about God. If in our lives we put God first, we say, well, God comes first. And, and then, uh, well, we've got church. And, and then we've got to really pay the school kids fees. And we've got we to gotta buy the new lounge chair. You know, we gotta, we, we, we gotta, we, we just, you know, young married couple, we don't just need food for the table. We haven't even got a table. So, you know, we need a table. That's putting God first. But when you seek God first, it actually is God first, God second, God third, God fourth. You see, that's the power and the passion and the Greek word there, seek. Sometimes people put God first in their life, but if we truly make it all about Him, Honestly, if we make it all about him, we seek God. For, you watch how God's promise and his provision will keep coming back into your life over and over and over again. And don't ever try to prove God in five minutes. Live a life of serving God. Live a life of honoring him. Live a life of deciding my life is all about him. And you watch how the blessing of God will fill your life and it will fill your life in ways you could never, ever have imagined. It's coming back. You know, I love the fact that God is true to his word. I love the fact that God adds back into our lives. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of being one-dimensional. By being one-dimensional, I mean we think, well, I've, you know, I've honored God this way, so he's going to bless me this way. But God is not even just three-dimensional. or He's multi-dimensional. You can never, ever underestimate the various ways the blessing of God comes into your life. And as a church here in Hillsong, as you've put God first, as you've endeavored to put Him first, don't underestimate the various ways that God can add back, press down, shaken together, running out all over. I look at some of these musical gifts you have here, great drummer, great guitarist, great keyboard player, beautiful singers. I mean, I look at all that. I look at the people who are doing the production and all of the people who do do the media and the television and all of these blessings that have come into the church. That's the blessing of God. And there's so much more to come. There's really so much more to come. And so we need to be encouraged. We need to be looking forward. But the way to build our future is really in our heart and our spirit and our attitude and our action right now. Don't underestimate the way God can bring back into your life. Let me give you a few ways that God can add back into your life, ways that it can come back. You'll never come second by putting God first. You can never outgive God. If we truly make our life about seeking God first, not just putting God first, you watch. You watch how you'll see. You'll be able to look back and say, God, you were there all the time. You were there all the time. So listen to me. Some of the ways I've seen God bring back into people's lives. Number one, I believe. God can bless you, and it can come back into your life through spiritual discernment. Yeah, spiritual discernment. But you say, what's discernment? Well, it's a Bible word, and the Scripture says it's a fool who lives outside of discernment. Listen to what the verse actually says. It's Proverbs 19, is it? Verse, yeah, 19. Verse, I don't know what it is. Look at it. 
There it is there, verse 17. I can't read my own writing. That's the problem. There it is. If you help the poor, ah, I've had all those ones, sorry. No, no, if you help the poor, you lend to the Lord. I already talked about that, helping the poor. And he will repay you. My God repays, by the way. But I'm talking now about spiritual discernment. And what the scripture says about spiritual discernment is that fools lack discernment. Discernment is when you can begin to see something that other people can't see. I believe God can anoint your eye. Anoint your eye with a spiritual discernment where you can see something people just can't see. And through spiritual discernment, you see, you begin to see opportunity. You begin to see possibility. And across your life, let's believe, as the leaders of this church, the board and the, and the pastors and everybody's part of Hillsong Berlin, let's believe God will give a spiritual discernment where you begin to see possibility. You see, God anoints your eye. Bobby and I, Bobby and I have honestly just, as a matter of course, we've, with our finances, honored God all of our adult life. Always, it's never been an option. When we're away for a long time, you know, Bobby, you can guarantee it, that Bobby will count it all up, and for sure, when we get home, she'll make sure it all goes towards honoring God. And, and I just see sometimes how God has been able to anoint my eye to see things that other people can't see. Many, many years ago, 25 years ago, we, in Sydney, we were hoping we could build a house. Our kids were still relatively young, and it's a big deal. Sydney is a very expensive city. And I just remember once seeing this piece of land. It was a nice piece of land. It was right on a bush edge. So in other words, beautiful forestry right, right there. Australian forestry, it's gum trees. And so... Well, listen to me, the thing is about this land, everyone I showed it tried to talk me out of it. We actually talked to a real estate agent. He came down and he tried to talk me out of the land. He, he cursed. He said, this is a uh, of a block. And I'm like, well, what sort of salesman are you? I got an architect friend to come down and look at it. He said, he said, you know, it's not a great block. It's an easement through it. He says, there's only one place you can build a house. And I'm like, I only want to build one house. <laughs> anyway, long story short, that block today is such a beautiful piece of land. You know, God anointed my eye on that occasion to be able to see something maybe other people couldn't see. And I just pray for you as well. You want to, God, just have this expectation. God will anoint your eye. You don't need other people to point out opportunity. God, anoint your eye and you see yourself. You have the spirit of the sermon. I thank God in our church and throughout the years of our church, there are times when God has anointed our eye and we've been able to see what maybe others couldn't see. In our main campus in Australia, the Hills Campus, where we started, it's a beautiful campus. Everyone loves it. And uh, <laughs> I was teaching a friend down there. <laughs> anyway, we, we have just, piece of land. There was nothing there. Nothing there. There's nothing there. And you know, about a month ago, not only is there beautiful houses and buildings and everything around that piece of land where our church is, they just opened a railway station at the end of our garden. I mean, it's a miracle. Maybe you're used to railway stations, tram stations in Berlin, but believe me, where I live, it's a miracle. God anointed our eye to see something and God could see it far more than we could see. See, God will keep on bringing it back. It's coming back. You won't come second by putting God first. 
I'll tell you another way God will bring back into your life. It's coming back through the most unexpected sources. That's what I love about God. He's full of surprises. We think blessing is going to come this way. And God brings it from over this way. The most unexpected sources. That's what happened in the Old Testament. You know, God's people, they, they were estranged from His promise. They were estranged from the promised land. They find themselves in Babylon. And so it's a pagan city, different language, different culture, far removed from where they believed their promise was, where their heart was. They find themselves here in Babylon. And you know, after many, many years in Babylon, they find themselves in a position where by then the Babylonian empire had been overtaken and it was the Persian kings. It was the Persian kings who really ruled the world. Well, Persia is Iran. Just to give perspective, Persian people are Iranian people. And so that's who the king was. And you know something? God used that king and the next two Persian kings to bless God's people in a way they could never, ever have imagined. I want to read you the verses. It's in Ezra, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It says, In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout the kingdom. Listen to it. This is what King Cyrus of Persia says. The Lord, the King of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Literally the most powerful man in the world. It says he has appointed me to build a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild this temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives in Jerusalem. And may your God be with you, and wherever this Jewish remnant is found, let their neighbors contribute toward their expenses by giving them silver and gold supplies for the journey, and livestock as well as voluntary offerings for the temple of... Well, listen to what he's saying. This is the king of Persia. He's not talking about his God. He's talking about their God. That's what he says to them. He actually talks about God as their God. But he's saying to them that he's going to allow them and going to finance their rebuilding of the temple. He was going to build the house of God. Not only that, he was going to give them protection and let them go back from Babylon to Jerusalem. And not only that, he was going to receive an offering amongst all the people in the land to help to make it all happen. This is the king of Persia. Can you imagine the Ayatollah of Persia deciding he wanted to build Hillsong Berlin? Can you imagine what a miracle that would be, how impossible that sounds? It was just as impossible then. You see, God used the most unexpected source. It was a foreign king with a different God, with a different spirit, who obviously... God had put something on his heart. Don't you underestimate who God can use and what God can use to bring back into your life if you honor him and you trust him and you put him first in your life. You see, God is so faithful. Number three, I believe it's coming back through miraculous provision, through miracles. We've got a miracle-working God. Yesterday, we were having a look around Berlin, first time here. And it was fascinating. But one of the most exciting things I saw, 
I've got to tell you, was your church offices. Because <laughs> there's a park right across the road. The road's bigger than most, I don't know, rivers, but hey, there's a park with a tram station out the front. And do you know something? It's an absolute miracle provision. A miracle provision. A miracle provision that has been a great starting point in helping us to celebrate forward and believe for what God is going to do in the future. How many venues have you had in 10 years? 80-something venues, he's telling me. 80 venues. You imagine if God continues to open doors and let's believe for the miracles. Don't underestimate the miracles. God can bring your way. When it comes to miracles, Psalm 68 verse 19 says, bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. You know, sometimes we are looking for the big miracles and we totally underestimate the little miracles. Being in this theater today, that's a miracle. If you hadn't known that a few years ago, you'd say that, that's, that's almost impossible. It's a miracle in your own life. Don't lose sight of the daily blessings, the daily benefits, because sometimes it's thanking God for what He brings into our lives daily. Miracles, opportunities, things that we could easily almost miss. But I think the way to lead to bigger miracles is to be so grateful to God and praise Him for the small miracles He's always bringing your way. Psalm 103 verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits, not just the big ones, all his benefits. Listen to Psalm 116 verse 12, where it says in the New Living Translation, what can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? What can we give God for all he has done for us? Don't lose sight of all, even the small things, God, brings into your life in Jesus' name. Number four, it's coming back as the fruit of consistency. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 said, be steadfast, immovable. How immovable are you? How easily would you get offended? How sensitive are you? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, the scripture says. You know something, there's something about consistency that brings the blessing of God into your life and its consistency in our church in Berlin that I believe helps bring the blessing of God. Your pastors have been remarkably consistent. The team have been remarkably consistent. And God blesses consistency. Do you know, sometimes we, people want to move from here to there and they move from there. And there's times when God moves people, but you know, it costs money to move all the time. And another time, people, you know, something, this is not a... a it is not in any way judging people who have you know, had a broken marriage because it's real. And our church is full of people who have got brokenness. But the truth is, divorce is expensive. Honestly, there's a power in consistency. And it's not just financial, obviously. But what I'm saying to you, let understand the importance of having done all still to stand. Don't be one of these people who's here this week and another church next week and somewhere else the week after that. Decide, I'm going to put my roots down. I'm going to decide that consistency is going to frame my life. When it comes to my commitment to God, I'm not in and out and then in and out. I'm going to be consistent. God honors consistency. Bobby and I, we've been pastoring our church. Actually, this month, next Sunday, would be 36 years. And sometimes you look in from the outside, 
But when you look in from the outside, you can say, oh, yeah, there's so much blessing and so much opportunity. We've got a television channel of many nations around the world. The music, it goes around the globe. And obviously, we've got churches and campuses all around the globe, all around Europe these days. But you know something? It's just consistency. You live your life consistent. Watch how it brings blessing into your life. I've got to keep going. Number five, it's coming back through freedom from debt. Can I encourage you? Look, debt. I'm not talking about paying for a mortgage for your house. I'm not talking about maybe uh, you know, paying off a car within your means to do so. I'm really talking about when people get into stifling, suffering debt. And then they wonder where the blessing of God is. But you see, debt chokes you. And that's why I would say you want to see God's blessing. Why don't you decide, I'm going to use godly wisdom. And I'm going to believe God is going to free me from this overwhelming, crushing debt. Because that's one way God will bless you in your life. Make you the head and not the tail. Everyone good? Everyone with me? Up there in the balcony, can you give me an amen? <laughs> yes, I can see you in the balcony. Hey, number six. It's coming back through supernatural opportunities. I've seen God do that so many times. Just opportunities, promotions, you know, clients if you're a business person, contracts, customers, jobs, promotions. God opening doors you could never have imagined. Miraculous opportunities. That's the God we serve. You know, one time, <laughs> right before the global financial crisis, our city campus in, uh, in Sydney, where some of the students who are here, alumni come from, they were there studying at Hillsong College. Well, you know, we were desperate. We had eight services, two on Saturday night and six all day Sunday, and we still weren't fitting the people in. We were desperate. And we bought a piece of land. And I told you, Sydney is expensive. The piece of land cost $28 million. And um, that's okay, but after a while it became clear that number one, the city were never going to let us build on that piece of land. And then number two, the financial crisis hit. And the land was worth, bought it for $28 million. It was only worth about 13 million tops in the financial crisis. And God's always allowed us to be good stewards over the finances of the church. And so I thought I was going to have to stand up and tell the people, hey, we, you know, we've committed $28 million. It's only worth $11 million. But over the years, coming ahead, ultimately, we were able with a property developer we know to build 300 and something apartments on that piece of land. And so it cost 28 million. It got down to being worth something like 11 to 13 million. And ultimately, it brought back into the church and into the ministry well over 40 million dollars. That's God giving supernatural opportunities. That's discernment. That's God blessing the decisions you make in Jesus' name. And so number seven, it's coming back through divine turnarounds. Maybe something looks impossible. It looks like there is no way. But I believe God is a God who literally brings divine turnarounds in our lives and takes something like I just mentioned then. A piece of land looked like a disaster, but God turned it around supernaturally. I believe in your life as you honor Him 
as you give to him, as you help the poor, as yeah, you sow, so as you put him first in your finances with your time. I believe to see God bringing it back into your life. Yeah. And as a church, here on our 10th anniversary, I believe as we put God first and as we're consistent and faithful, we're going to serve a faithful God and we're going to see God true to his word. You've got miracles coming up in Berlin. The church has got miracles coming up in Berlin. Supernatural provision. Supernatural opportunities. Yeah. That's what we're believing for. And finally, I believe it's coming back through gifts in kind. What does that mean? Well, it means that maybe, you know, you sowed into God's work here. And he doesn't directly answer your prayer there. But all of a sudden, you look over here and there's blessing over here. It'll be like if I was yeah. able to dig a ditch for you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I dug your ditch and there's nothing you can't maybe look after me in terms of finance because you don't, you know, I had a digger, a bulldozer. I had a digger. So you, you imagine that. Well, you can't necessarily, but what you do is you do something that helps me over there. That's a gift in kind. So God often not honors you with a gift in kind. What does it mean? Well, it means you've put God first. You say, where's the blessing? Well, look at the beautiful girl he put beside you. Don't you realize what a miracle that is? Have you looked in the mirror lately? Look at the beautiful girl. That's a gift in kind. Yeah. Maybe you look at the blessing of God on your children. They're serving God and you're grateful. You've yeah. honored him here, but you look at how he's blessing your family. Yeah, That's cool. a gift in kind. Yeah. And I believe there's so many different ways that God brings back into our lives. Let's never limit God. Yeah. And as a church here in Hillsong, Berlin, let's never limit God. Yeah. Let's decide that we believe it's coming back, that God is true to his word. And whether we give, he's bringing it back, pressed down, shaken together. If we sow, they who sow, the Bible says, are going to reap. And it's an eternal principle. And if we're helping the poor, those who help the poor lend to the Lord. And he will repay you, the scripture says. And if you tithe, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your possessions. And of all your increase, and you watch, the Bible says your barns will be filled with blessing and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. It's coming back. I'll speak it into you personally, but I want to also speak it into the church here. I believe that all the people have sown, all people have given, all the people have sacrificed. I believe that the church is coming back and the years ahead are the most fruitful years Hillsong Berlin has seen so far. I believe God's going to bring people of significance. They may not be people who take a big, a big seat or, you know, people who are prominent, but they're significant. Yeah. And they're able to bless the work of the Lord in a very significant yeah. way. I believe for God to do tremendous things. I've got great experience, 65 years old, at seeing the faithfulness of God. Yeah. And even David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's the faithfulness of God. You keep putting Him first, not just putting Him first, seeking Him first. Make your life all about Him. And I'll tell you one last time, it's coming back. It's coming back.